Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Hey, Sister Christine, I see you on there. One second. Can you hear me? Oh, wait, you're Hello? on mute. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, all right, great. Good, good, good. How are you? Doing good. Good. Are you on your way to your next job? Yes. Okay, all righty. So we don't have um, too much to talk about today. It's just really anything else that you thought of. And any other key point that you want to put into the book. Hmm. But um, let's just uh, take a moment to pray really quick, and then okay. um, we'll go there. Do you mind praying? No, not at all. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing Sister Nzinga and me again together to work on this project. I know that you have the alignment of this assignment, and I just pray as we go forward with this project um, that you will be uh, intertwined and uh, you will give us the steps going forward, God. I just thank you for this time, and I thank you for all that's being done right now, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so um, just a brief overview. We talked about mom, dad, grandmom, uh, Joe, I think. Uh, he said his name is Tommy. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it Tommy? Okay. Yeah. Um, and we talked about, you know, I know we want to put in there, or what I suggest is up to you, is that, um, you know, you put in there the whole moment of transformation after you describe all of these relationships and how they either imparted you know, positively into your self-value or impeded your self-value adversely or, you know, took away from it. When you get to, like, the middle of the book, you want to describe your transformation, um, your moment of transformation, which would, you know, include the time you got baptized, the big fight in the parking lot, um, what happened going to church and, you know, finding your destiny, um, 
and what took place under, I guess, like a different um, teaching of God. Um, and then after you talk about that, um, then you want to lead into the steps that have helped you to, I want to say, um, reinforce the foundation of self-worth and self-value and even add to it. Okay. So tell me about the whole, okay, I got baptized two weeks later, me and Joe having a big, huge argument, and we broke it off and what you went through after that. So um, I don't know how much I talked about before all that, Mm -hmm. Um, but... um, um, trying to put my words together here. And some things yeah. may sound repetitive, but it's just getting you to talk, and also I want it recorded, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that moment getting that well, that moment getting baptized and the moment with Joe was something that was leading up all from, from, another, from another starting point. And, um, I don't know, um, three years ago, August, mm-hmm. um, even before that, so I don't even know how to, how to really describe this, but I guess I'm just going to have to put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somewhere along the line, I believe that Joe and I should have ended our relationship at year seven. Um, I feel that her and I were at, at a um were at a, were at different places then. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, something was saying to me, This isn't gonna work but mm-hmm. I just listened to myself and I stayed in. Why at next seven why? Um mm-hmm. I think I stayed because I thought it was the right thing to do for us. But not for me. Okay, so is it safe to say you were doing it more so for her than you were for you? Yes. Okay. And at year seven, you know, it was a matter of either A, taking the step to move in with her and live full time or not. And when the opportunity came, I froze and decided, no, it's not the right thing to do. And I was going to purchase a house for my mom and I back then. And it didn't work out. And I feel that mm-hmm. there was somehow, I was somehow manipulated not to do it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it just became a very, to this day, it was one of those things I kind of like didn't understand why it happened. But now I do because it wasn't going to work being with her. I think there was somewhere inside saying, I can't, like, like a big fat no was screaming. And mm-hmm. then the next seven years was, the challenging years. First mm-hmm. seven was probably fairly happy. The second half, I started really um, exploring my avenues. And this was before I was ever saved, before I was ever really close to God. So, um, you know, I I don't want to say I was promiscuous, but I was interested in other people. And mm-hmm. I started taking likings to other people. And even though I was with Joe, I was having 
outside interests, and you know, I did have some a couple encounters, out, you know, during the relationship. Okay. Um, I just <laughs> so have to this, ask. But, mm-hmm, go ahead. No, go ahead. You can ask. Uh, were they male and female, or were they just female, just male? No, it was male. All male. Well, I had while well, I was just a couple encounters. No, I'm sorry. There was one gentleman that I really, really liked, and then going into like I would say 2013 to that. It's hard to put a time frame. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is, yeah. I was mm-hmm. I I started falling in love with someone else. I started okay. falling in love with someone very much that I had worked closely with, and it became a situation where I knew it wasn't the right thing to do, but my feelings were telling me something different, and mm-hmm. I didn't step over any boundaries, but I did. You know, I was intrigued enough that it really brought an interest into my life, and it started making me really think things differently about who I was, what I was doing in my life, and how I was in a relationship that just wasn't making me happy. Okay. And then once now, I got past, uh-huh. yes. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And then once, and that was a big chunk. I mean, I worked with this person for about five years, so my attention kind of was on that, and I was less focusing on the things that was drawing me more and more frustrated about Joe. Mm -hmm. So between my job and relationships that were keeping me busy and happier and off the negative things about Joe, Mm -hmm. that's what kind of carried me through the the following years. Okay. 2013 was when I met someone that I really ended up liking, and this time there was an encounter that ended up causing the relationship to fall apart. So I don't know if I told you before, but I did cheat, and I did have, you know, a a relationship with someone that was a man, Mm -hmm. and before long, Joe found out, and of course, that was my, you know, icing on the cake with everything. So where I, and I was funny, I don't know if you were at church on Sunday morning, but I was just saying how God put, that was my game changer. My game changer was when I thought I was doing what I could do to handle all the situations in my life. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it was not what I should be doing. And that was my eye opener. And when I ended up doing the wrong thing, um, it started leading me into the right things to do. So when that all went down, August of 2013, by Maybe that end of that month, going to September, we started going to counseling. And counseling was happening for about a year. But um, but that first couple of months of counseling was really brutal because that's when I really started, um, uh, started like, talking about all my feelings and all that I was expressing. And it was an eye-opener for Joe too, because she didn't realize that I was so upset and so, like, um, frustrated with the relationship, and she just had no idea. And then going forward, you know, for that year, that was 2013, 2014, that was really when the relationship started to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. And through counseling, you know, the counselor was trying to explain things to me, trying to explain things to Joe, and Joe was 
hard to, you know, she didn't really understand it. Um, she was very frustrated. I think the bottom line is she was she was frustrated that she was out of control. She was no longer mm-hmm. in my control. She couldn't control the situation. Anything that was being said that I was going through, she did not understand whatsoever. She just mm-hmm. felt like she was the victim, that she was the one that was done wrong to. And there was a lot. There was a lot of emotions that that were obviously transpired. And 2014 began the rockiest part of our relationship because there was a part of us that was realizing that the relationship was dying. We were trying to find a way to somehow salvage what was anything left of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And we did counseling for a while, but that really didn't work. And then it was May of 2014 that we had met uh, Pastor Vinny. Pastor Vinny was a you know, minister that helped the food bank. Mm-hmm. My mom went there for the for the food and Joe was with her. And oh. and Pastor, Pastor Vinny is a pastor that was, you know, ministering for a little while at New Destiny. Mm-hmm. And he was there, you know, that summer, uh, more or less. But we started talking and but he had he had met Joe, and then, you know, somehow more or less between, um, you know, my time, you know, sorry, my mom went to the group bank, they, my, Joe was still going with my mom, and then they met Pastor Vinny, and over, over, I would say, two or three months, she was counseling with him first, and then she finally convinced me to call him, and I did. Oh. And I had talked to him for about two months, and I had told him the whole situation all over again, and mm-hmm. I told him, you know, he understood where I was coming from, and it, it was in it was in that September, it was like September 20th, somewhere around there, that I had met him the same day that I had met you, Jessica. Oh, wow. So, okay. So, it was basically, yeah, it was around, it was around a year that from, um, you know, doing what had happened, what had happened, and then the relationship literally from, I would say, September from 2013 to September 2014 was like yeah, the breaking up of everything, the counseling, the figuring out what to do. Um, I think the more that I was counseling, the more I realized that I was getting, I was done with the relationship, but it was so hard because I described leaving Joe like, you know, uh, trying wallpaper off that's glued on for a long time. Like it was, it was really, really hard because she didn't was it? No, because she would what? I'm sorry. She didn't want to let me go. She was, she would. It, 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 I don't even. I think she was heartbroken because I was. I didn't want to be with her anymore. But I think she was also really upset because everything that was happening was out of her control. Okay. You know? So what did she do to? try and keep you or to keep you? Well, I mean. Like, let's say you say, you know what, I'm done. This Friday, I'm done. What would be her thing to do? So, so this is what happened. Unfortunately, um, I had, it was a Friday night, and we had worked together with the ARC. And I remember I, 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 I was at her house part-time, and I was home the rest of the week. But it was a Friday night, and we were at her house, 
and I was in the shower and ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten a really weird feeling in my stomach. Oh. And then the next thing I know is she stormed the door open and she walks in and she goes, who the hell is Carlos? Oh. So bottom line is she went into my phone, well, went into my mm-hmm. pocketbook, went into my phone and figured out there was a mysterious name. Okay. She had, had an inkling that something was up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it was just really scary. I remember getting out, getting dressed, and we went outside and we talked about it. And then the next day, we had to go to this barbecue that was for our, our job. It was one of the worst days of work I've ever experienced. But oh. we managed to get it through. And then after work that, that afternoon, I remember going back home and trying to talk about it. And it was just the most awkward feeling I've ever experienced with her, ever. I mean, we've had some pretty rough times. This is the most awkward. And uh, she didn't want me to leave. You know, most most situations, people would kick someone out, but she didn't want me to leave. And I just remember I just wanted to run. Like, I, wa- I wanted to go. I wanted to get out of there. I wanted to just go, 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 go. And I think mm-hmm. eventually I did. It was so uncomfortable. It was so weird. And then, you know, then, you know, the next couple months were kind of crazy because it became almost like a mind game. I was mm-hmm. frustrated with, you know, Carlos. He didn't have an idea what was going on, but then, you know, it, it was a mess. It was a mess at that time. So then mm-hmm. instead of fighting it, she was trying to now lure me back in, try to be the better person, try to do whatever she could do to, to, to salvage the relationship so I wouldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Then she was trying to be more intimate with me, and I was getting really, really, really confused with the whole thing. It was just very, very unsettling. And then with the counselor, the counselor basically talked about, you know, what I needed to do, what she needed to do, how to start mending this whole situation, how to how to get to a better place. But bottom line is I was learning that I was in a relationship, that I was taking care of the relationship for, for a bulk of it, that I had been giving too much of myself away to Joe, and I wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything for me. And at the same time, with all that, I didn't stand up for myself. I didn't know how to tell Joe for as long as I wanted to. Somewhere I bottled up too many emotions inside and never said, Joe, this is what I want. This is what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I didn't ever really get to really express myself probably the way I should have. I probably tried to. But many mm-hmm. times, looking back at the relationship, if I was frustrated about something, she would either cut me off and not talk to me. She didn't like when I cried. She used to, used to walk away if I cried over something. Like, she was never really... Like, she understood when it came to certain problems. Like, if I had a problem with work or if I had a problem with, like, my mom. But, like, if I had something that was emotional between her and I, she didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to know the okay. problem. And if she did, she would, the next day, would try to find a way to, like, fix it. You know, she'd go out and get me a piece of jewelry or something. You know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was just, it was so hard to understand it all. Even now, it's like I look back on it and I try to, you know, map what has happened between us, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was a lot. It was a lot to digest. It was a lot to process. The other okay. thing is, is like, Joe has two sides, you know? She can be very understanding, very loving, but they, when she found out that I was no longer in the in the picture, she had a side of her that had rage. So she was never physical at me. She was never really, like like, harsh. But there were a few times where I really seriously thought 
she was either going to do something to herself or she was going to do something to me with, without conscious understanding. Because okay. it was my first birthday. I'm I'm really going now. I'm really, but my first birthday after everything had started happening, you know, she was trying to do everything nice for my birthday, trying to make it all nice, and it was really awkward. It was really weird. She made my mm-hmm. birthday miserable. In fact, I remember we were at work. She was trying to like give me a hug and kiss, and I really didn't want it. And mm-hmm. the next thing I know, she gets really mad at me, and she started chasing me down the highway on Route 70. Oh, and oh goodness. It was just, yeah, it was just it was just horrible. It was horrible. And then like the next day, like after all that, she would be totally crazy, totally out of her mind. And then the next day, she'd be calling me and trying to like, you know, say she's sorry and, and she just doesn't understand all this stuff. And, and you know, she, she she would be a good talker and say all the things that she would say, but it would just bring us back to to square one. Mm-hmm. And for the next year, that's all I did was talk to her. And, and try to understand things, and, and it was just conversation over conversation over conversation. And mm-hmm. many times between my counselor and Patrick Vinny, they both said, like, she just wants to hear what she wants to hear, and she, she didn't want to understand, you know? Okay. Let, if you don't mind me asking, what did Pastor Vinny, uh, did he help you come to a new realization, or did your counselor help you come I mean, when I say a new realization, I mean something that you never realized or thought of before, and it was just like your final aha moment. Did they bring you to that point, or did they just um, reinforce what you knew already? The counselor did. The counselor uh, finally made me understand that I was with somebody who had um, high anxiety, highly intense uh-huh. energy, and someone that is probably dealing with depression that never took anything didn't didn't take the necessary steps to get herself in the right order. Huh. Okay. How did that make you feel once you realized that? I remember sitting in the chair at my counter. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, really? You know, because after working with so many people that I've worked with, I've worked with Down syndrome. I've worked with autism with all kinds. I've worked with schizophrenia. I've worked with paranoia. I've worked with selective mutation, like, I've dealt with so many different types of people, mm-hmm. and now I'm thinking, like, gee, like, Joe is someone that could be in the same category as someone with a, with a, with a, with a situation that mm-hmm. I never, ever, ever saw, never saw it. Like, I knew that sometimes she was, like, drive me crazy, like, drive me nuts, mm-hmm. but I never got to that point where I thought, like, that there was something, like, more than what it was. Okay. Gotcha. So when okay. I, that, all, mm-hmm. that all came into realization, you know, I took, took the time to really, you know, counsel. And that was, you know, the full days of fall and the winter and the summer of 2013 going into 14. And then the second mm-hmm. time around of counseling was, again, was with the pastor. And the pastor is what really kind of just reinforced what was said the first time. And okay. all that, we started going to church. It was November of 2013, we started going to church together. And church mm-hmm. was a little uncomfortable with me at first, but as soon as we went, we went to a church, our mom's church in Farmingdale. Mm-hmm. So what really started to speak to me in church was music, because the music oh. was so beautiful, and it wow. started to really connect with me. And, you know, I would sit there and... uh 
I kind of felt silly, but I, I sat there and I just I hid my my tears because it was just like I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody around me was singing and worshiping, and you know, and I was just trying to enjoy it. But I was I could feel myself just getting in the moment, and I was starting to get very emotional. Mm. And I and I think Joe was she was there, and I I don't know if she was I don't really don't remember I remember being next to me. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was affecting her as much as it was me, but I just remember you know, really starting to, to really like it. So then okay. I started wanting to go every week. And it became a nice thing, actually, for a while. Mm. But it wasn't until, I would say, I was maybe six months into really going, maybe almost a year, six months to a year going to the church. And then I started thinking, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do this anymore. So um, we were going to church together. And then somehow it 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 happened that, she was going to the 9 o'clock with her mom, and I went to the 1030. So we stopped going wow. to church together, but mm-hmm. we still went to the same church. And then gotcha. as, much as, I, much as, I kept, as much as I did that, I was saying, God, I don't think this is going to work. I mean, I really like it here, but I said, I, I was driving 45 minutes to church, which I didn't mind. I liked it that mm-hmm. much. I didn't care for the drive. But I said, I think I really need it, but I need a different church. I think I'm going to need to start going to a different church. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was that summer I started trying a couple different churches, mm-hmm. and um, and I didn't quite, you know, a couple that I tried didn't quite sit with. They were fine, but they didn't quite sit with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I finally, you know, met starting to talk to Pastor Vinny, and mm-hmm. Pastor Vinny was helping out New Destiny for a little bit, and he says, "Well, I'm going to be here on this date," and he goes, "Why don't you come?" So it was oh. next to me. And Joe and my mom and her mom, and that was the first day I walked into New Destiny. Wow. And then once I was done with the first service, I was like, wow. I was like, I'm definitely going to come back here. And then before you know it, my mom and I kept coming. But Joe and her mom stopped, you know, didn't come. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But, but and I came a few times in the fall, but by Christmas time, I knew it was my church. Wow. Yeah. So from okay. there... Yeah, mm-hmm. and this wasn't you didn't hear um, Pastor Ramos speak. This is just Pastor Vinny at the time, right? No, no, no. Pastor Vinny was playing with the musician, so he was he was playing the guitar. Oh, and uh-huh. I did. I did my first time visiting there. Pastor Ramos was was speaking. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, I got it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so going back from what you asked at the beginning of the conversation, like there has been so many little pivotal moments that has happened mm-hmm. in the last seven years, but the last three has been the major turning point. You know, um, when I knew I couldn't be hiding, I see that what I caught myself doing for a long time was not being honest. I wasn't honest with myself. I started doing things that like probably was wrong. But if I had just come clean and been a better person and a little bit, uh, you know, sure of myself, you know, saying mm-hmm. so, like, you know, if I could have just been more open with her, and I think I tried to be, but she would always just kind of, like, knock me down. So I just, mm-hmm. I found other ways to just do what I needed to do, you know? Okay. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be with anymore. I should have just fought harder harder to say, listen, Joe, this doesn't, this, this isn't working anymore, mm-hmm. you know? But she was the kind of person that wasn't going to let me go. 
So the only way I was going to be able to let go of her was to let God help me do it because I wasn't going to be able to do it alone. And I was scared because I knew losing her was going to be, or, you know, losing her or leaving the relationship was going to be brutal. And it was. It was mm-hmm. a rough year. You know? Okay. So, All right. You know? Okay. All right. I, I get that. All right. So, um... Tell me, and I know you. We discussed this already, but do you have more time or no? Yeah. Okay. So the day that you actually like, this is it. We're done. Finito. No more going back. Or like, yeah, we're was, actually done. Yeah, that was. Now, um, I was finished the day in the parking lot when I threw the ranks. That was my like physical being of being done. Mentally, mm-hmm. it was still draining me for at least another few months. Um, mm-hmm. Pastor Vinny um, actually was able to get us to come to the completion at the end of October. So it was October okay. 2014 that we had stepped that again, and Pastor Vinny pretty much just sat with us. We actually went to the Dunkin' Donuts, and he tried mm-hmm. to cancel with both of us, and it was pretty much a repeat of what we had done in the past. But it was kind of okay. like the last straw. So, you know, because I think there was a part. No, there was a. I there was a part of me that was trying to end this relationship civically, and mm-hmm. somehow maybe like if there was a chance for us just to be friends, but that was mm-hmm. not possible. It was not possible okay. because as much as I was trying to be her friend, then she would like take it as like, oh well, then she still wants to be with me, and right. take advantage of that, and then it would just start the mess all over again. So okay. it was it was almost the end of October that we just said that's it, no more done, and then that was it. November mm. fourteen was the first no Thanksgiving together, no Christmas together, no New Year's. But that was my first New Year's with with New Destiny, and I knew the end of that year going into New Year was like going to be different. Yeah. Tell me about that night, that New Year's night, that you just knew, okay, I'm done. This is over. Everything about my life Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I, I was starting to realize more and more that nothing happens by chance, that more and more things happened because God was, start, was really leading me. And um, it was it was um, pastor's word that night. It was just, it was so on the money. It was mm. so to the point. That particular night, he had talked about the numbers because um, it was 2014 going into 2015. Uh-huh. His, whole, his whole thing about the number 14 and what it represented and how, like, seven times two, and like all the, he was doing like, this numerology, biblical thing, and everything he was saying was just exactly what I had gone through. Like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Like, the number thing was crazy. And then just everything he had talked about that, that night was amazing. Okay. And I remember him. I remember Bishop, and they were both doing, uh, ministering mm-hmm. to people. But both of theirs were so, so touching and so real. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I was, I was moving into 2015 with, like, a brand new life, brand new experiences, mm. and um, 
I knew I was walking away from, like, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. My God. Yeah. So, um, 2015 was definitely a better year. Mm -hmm. But it was still hard to walk away from my past. And 2016 has been even better. But um, it's still been hard. Like, um, there's days I still catch myself. You know, I catch myself um, missing Joe and the companionship. We were mm-hmm. best friends besides, you know, partners. So mm-hmm. I realized that as long as travel, I had to not just kill one relationship, I killed two or, you know, the yeah. died twice. And mm-hmm. that was hard. That was really, really hard. And, um, you know, but, but I know God's been putting more and more people in my life for the right reason. Yeah. And, and um, then I started going to Bible study. and. Linda, you know, Bible study was one of the things. But then that same winter going into 2015, Pastor did something really cool. He did mm-hmm. like an eight-week class on relationships. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was really great. And it could talk about timing. It was a really good timing for me to hear this. So it didn't matter what kind of, whether you were single, married, whatever, divorced. He did mm-hmm. a thing. We did about an eight-week class on um Relationship. relationship. And it was really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. You know? And the very first night, I think he was sick. So Linda covered the first class. And that same night she gave me this book. It was called Right People, Right Time, Right Something. And she mm-hmm. gave me the book. And it just, from there, it just started to just, I don't know, it just I just felt like a shift in my life. And mm. I started getting myself into church, doing more with the church. You know, I was so busy with everything else, but I was really starting to really concentrate on what church was doing for me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, and then before you know it, going into the spring, Pastor and Bishop were letting me, um, I decorated the children's ministry because they were getting ready for Easter. Mm-hmm. And then they said I could start singing. So that was a huge door opener for me because wow. it was something I could really focus on positively, and I did. And yeah. It was helping me really, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm a very creative person, so that really allowed my creative juices to flow. I was very nervous at first, but, you know, mm-hmm. little by little, I've been trying to just, you know, do it. And um, mm-hmm. so little by little, it's crazy because even now, we're talking about almost two years that everything has kind of, like, shifted, and you know, I don't see Joe as much as I used to. I, she's not a part of my life anymore. You know, mm-hmm. she's on the very she's on the very tail end of of what we were. You know, mm-hmm. it's crazy how, sometimes how close we were at one point to now how far we we are from each other. You know. Mm-hmm. So, wow. And she came wow. to the church a couple times. She only came to the church like once or twice. And okay. that was it. Yeah. And the wow. one day she did, it was um it was the weirdest day because I hadn't talked to her for a little bit and uh, mm-hmm. it was this December that I was gonna say I remember it was December of Christmas time the church was having a meeting instead of the ten o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. I said you know what I didn't realize I had to go to the meeting so I said to Bishop and Pastor I want to get some poinsettias for the church and they said okay no problem. So I remember going shopping, picking up the the um, flowers, 
and then mm-hmm. um, went to the church, and they were finishing up a meeting. So mm-hmm. I walked in the door with my mom, and there's Joe sitting, <laughs> sitting in the back of the room with Esther Vinny. Wow. And I walked in. I was like, oh, God. Because now I had, I had been going probably on and off for almost two months, maybe mm-hmm. a month. I don't know, give or take. And uh, and uh, that was one of those moments where Pastor wanted me to go up in the front of the church and say, like, what new destiny has done for you lately? <laughs> you know, one of those oh, moments. gosh. I remember oh, going up boy. there saying what I could say, but he probably had no idea, like, how nervous I was, thrown off, on the spot kind of feeling. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. like, oh, no, 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 it's fine. He didn't do it. He just didn't realize that, like, my, like, soon-to-be ex, Right there, probably giving me like the up and down, like I can't believe this kind of look at me. I'm like, oh my god! But you know, obviously it all worked out, you know. But in that moment, it was like, oh my god, (laughs) you know. Yeah. But uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Wanna, you know, that point of emotion that you were brought to a few months ago. When you were talking about the New Year's service and you know what what um you know our pastors were ministering, that's kind of what you want to reinforce in the book. Yeah. Um, that may be the most open moment, of, the most vulnerable and transparent moment of the book, in order to bring them into where you are right now. Okay. Um, and um. From after, you know, that chapter, uh, talking about what happened then, you want to start talking about, you know, the process of changing, the process of the change. Because I think a lot of people think, okay, once it's done, it's over, you don't have to worry about it. But it's important to help them understand, no, there is a process um, of changing, and it seems to me that Christine became her her focus after God, of course, but Christine became her focus, and even that is a process. Yeah. So um, you want to talk about the hardships you faced in the following chapter. You can tell everything that happened, all of your pivotal and, and you know, very um, strong moments to lead you in a different, you know, direction. Um, I, and then you want to go ahead and discuss all of the obstacles, the distractions, like how hard it was to, you know, maintain what you found, what you discovered. Um, and then we're going to talk about what you had to do in order to combat and defeat and overcome those things. Um, and then that's when you're going to have to get a little bit ministerial. You know, when you're doing praise and worship, you're singing, your voice is beautiful, you draw us in, you take us where we got to go as far as worship, but in addition to the ministering through music, you minister through word, and you really, really want to let that come out in the latter part of the book. You want to go from, this is what happened, this is where I was. This is where I am, but this is what helped me to get to this point. And you want to start breaking down that word the same way you do during worship. You want to just really minister 
um, to them. And then the book becomes a testimony, a transparent look into your life, and then it also becomes um, a manual a guide even where you don't have to be there in front of them. They could be across the world and they'll have you to help them. So that's the way that you want to write the latter part of that book because we like the juice, you know, like, oh, you know, that that keeps us. But for some reason, when it gets to the part of, okay, everything's all good now, we're no longer inspired because people are not telling us, you know, the real deal about it being all good. It's not just, you know, peaches and cream afterward. But you want to really, really minister and um, even lead them into, I don't know if you want to um, coordinate this with the book plus a journal, um, you know, and a soundtrack. And these are all my suggestions, again, I'm just telling you what I see and how it could really benefit the people and even present a platform where you can go and speak. And I don't mean to harp on this because when I listen to you, I hear relationship, soul to soul, spirit to spirit more than I hear uh, the gender. But there is a mass exodus that's taking place of people who were in, check it out, same-sex relationships and relationships that were, you know, with people that they they had no business being with, whether it be male and female, what have you. There's a mass exodus of people walking away from who is not good for them. So this opens up platform for you to talk about friendships, friends that are no good for you, right? partners that are no good for you, right? Um, parent parental relationships that are no good for you. Yeah. Um, it's, it just opens up a wide door for you to go and speak at these different platforms um, to help them understand how to do it because yeah. it's the hardest thing. It's the it hardest is. thing. And I then I was having after a you mm-hmm, go ahead after you were Sorry. having a conversation. Mm-hmm, I was no, having go a ahead. conversation with a friend today who is going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And she said to me today, and she says, you know, I don't, know, you know, what she's she's having that second thought about, like, you know, should she, she go back to her husband? Mm-hmm. And one of the things she said to me, it was very similar that I said not too long ago. She goes, I'm just afraid of being alone. I don't know if I'll be with anybody. Mm-hmm. You know? And she goes, I just feel like I give, I give so much love, and I give, but, you know. And I kind of had to say to her, like, you know, this is where I was a few years ago. I had to learn a very important thing. I had to learn to, um, you know, you can love people, but you have to love yourself first. Mm-hmm. And I learned that you have to have self-value of yourself because if you don't have that for yourself, then other people won't. People won't see what your value is unless you you discover it yourself. Mm-hmm. And it made a lot of sense to her. And I said, I've learned in the last few years, I don't have to be with anybody. I don't have to be with anyone. I said I've I've learned that I have to stop pleasing people. I've also learned that I have to take care of myself before I can have anybody else come into my life and take care of me again. Because yeah. I, you know what I mean? And those are big self overcoming, you know, um rationalizations to make because you might be born into a world where you all you do is 
take care of someone else. But you don't realize mm. how much you don't take care of yourself when you're taking care of others. And so you have, it's almost like an awakening where you know, okay, I may have been born into this type of environment, but as I get older, I can, if you want to say, hand in my resignation to this involuntary draft, if you want to say. Yeah. Okay. All right. So So I believe that there's a lot of people out there who's also floating around with an unworthy feeling, and they have to realize that it's it, they are worthy and that they, they, they've always had worth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They worth something in this world. And Let me ask you. Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was just going to keep going. <laughs> oh, um, did you ever feel, for instance, did, did anything you did, whether it be being with Joe, being with Tommy, um, you know, having companionship outside of you and Joe's relationship, did any of it ever knock your confidence to the point where you were like, you know, I don't think God is going to do this for me or answer my prayers because I did that. Probably. Okay. I probably thought something in those lines. I mean, I knew, I think I fought with those feelings for a long time because um, I was probably, con- I was uh, conflicted. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having feelings about someone, but it, and I was having feelings for her, but the feelings, you know, I don't know. I was so confused. I was so confused back then. I was so confused mm-hmm. of what I really wanted and how to do this, you know. And I really, and there was part of me that knew I shouldn't be doing certain things. And then for a long time, I remember of what prayers I did say. I just remember said, God, why, why am I doing this? What, what's the purpose of all this? You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I sat there and I asked God, why am I in this relationship? What's the reason for this relationship? Why am I still here? You know. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like, um, believe it or not, I would get more frustrated and discouraged because I was still a Joe. I might have gone outside the relationship for some reason, but that felt happier. The people that I was surrounding myself with happier. But somehow I got myself more discouraged going back to Joe because Joe somehow always did something that always used to make me feel really, no offense, but crappy. She used to make me feel really crappy at times. And so I just think, mm-hmm, go ahead. Mm-hmm. When I was, I, it seemed like when I was happy or just, you know, trying to stay amiss of things, whatever was going on at that particular time, mm-hmm. there would be something else that she would just complain about, vent about, and then it was just all the extra energy that was just too much, too much. Okay. So, so I guess uh, to me, you know, um, stepping out was your way of escape and then having that, time away from her and coming back to her, there was just an even deeper contrast as to where you didn't want to be or what you didn't want to go through. This is just the way, you know, that I see it. So um, here we we do need, we need a a couple more calls just so we can fine tune, but I'm going to do the outline for you because you're pretty much done. So I'm going to do that for you. And if you feel like, you know what, Zinga, I think I got it from here. Cool. If not, we can continue to have um, the calls. It's only okay. about maybe two or three left. I thought maybe we only needed one more, but maybe about two or three left. What I do want you to think about, though, okay. is being where you are now, going back to where you were from dad, mom, grandmom, 
you know, Joe, Tommy, coworkers, everybody, did you ever subconsciously or or knowingly compare God to be like they were? So let's say dad was a bit obsessive with the whole you got to be Christian and not Catholic type of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you ever in some way, shape, or form reference that, okay, if I don't do it this way, God is going to strike me down? Or maybe um, if there was um, Joe saying, you know, you're not good enough, did you ever take that to say, you know, I'm not sure that God thinks I'm a good enough daughter or a good enough girl? I just want you to compare the things that were said to you by these people in your life and the things that you said and did um, as well and see if any of that matches or influenced your thought about who God was, what he did for you, what he meant for you. Just take a gander, think about it. Okay. And let's talk about that the next time we get on the line. Okay. You don't have to wait once a week. If you want to talk in the morning, because okay. we can talk in the morning. Okay. If you get a lunch break, we can talk in the lunch break. Just let okay. me know, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right. It's always a pleasure right, speaking with you. You're so inspiring. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Nzinga. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.